TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And welcome everybody, two guys at a mic show, talkzone.com. Thank you for joining us. Beautiful, beautiful day here in the fine city of Chicago. Made that much more beautiful by Chicago Bulls. The victory yesterday. Wish everybody a happy Cinco de Mayo to you and yours. And please keep your hands off mine and enjoy the talk zone music. Dog, I used to think the Rocky theme song was maybe the most inspirational music around, but I'm beginning to think the Talk Zone open music might even outdo outdo Sylvester Stallone climbing the steps. Well, I I absolutely love the Talk Zone music, and for some reason yesterday (laughs) it wasn't coming through to me. Uh Uh-oh. And I I thought I I was lagging a little. Mm -hmm. Now, what is the most inspirational, the the symphony uh, Rocky music or the Eye of the Tiger Rocky music? Ooh. Interesting. Some people well, really love that. Was it Foreigner? Yeah. Is it? I know Dave Olson will know. Survivor. 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 Well, I, knew that, I knew that, too. I knew Foreigner it. and Survivor are basically the same group. You could basically mesh them into one. No, you but know. I should have known that one, Coach. That, yeah. that was a mistake. You combine those two, and basically what you get is Journey. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. But, uh, no, Dave, whatever that music was to start today's show, by the way, I don't know if we've heard that before or not, but uh, that was good. I like that. Put that on the dock. It sounded better. There, wow. There was some wow. more. You don't what, know if you ever heard that before? Well, what I mean is it, it had a little more juice to it. It had a little more. There was something about it today. No, Am I, am I completely you, off my rocker? Did, did you turn your hearing aid on this time? Uh, that might have, uh, the hearing aid's right here. By the way, I lost a hearing aid in the parking lot, damn it. Oh, man. Yeah. And now you need your glasses to find your ears. <laughs> Sad but true. I got to got to find the glasses to find my ears. Yeah, I don't have very much to look forward to, do I? Oh, good. It's like the blind golfer and the and the um, and the golfer and the deaf golfer playing together. The blind golfer, you know, tees off, hits the ball. He goes, "Where where to go? Where to go?" And the, and the deaf golfer goes, "What'd you say?" <laughs> Thank you very much. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. The phone number. Big dog and a coach at your service. Big dog. I know you are in the past, anyways. Now. Maybe in your later 30s, soon to become 40, you have settled a bit. But in previous years, Cinco de Mayo has been uh, a rather social occasion for you. Happy Cinco de Mayo to you. And do you have any big plans tonight? Um, I'm Well, first of all, you know, just do a little yard work for a friend. Okay. Okay. And and then after that, no, I have uh, no plans whatsoever. And ah. I think uh, the number one plan I should, I should uh, probably follow today mm-hmm. is, is not go someplace that has like two dollar margaritas or something like that. Can, that can be problematic. See how drunk I can possibly get because yep. I have been known to do that every once in a while. Mm-hmm. So well, what I, was I the, uh, <laughs> the 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 place that you were the sports bar that you watched that last game at downtown? Moe's Cantina. Yes, I read their name in the paper today as one of the places to go for uh, some of your finer tequila drinks on a Cinco de Mayo. Oh, really? A Moe's oh, Cantina. 
I got to be careful. I got to tell you this. this is, I know all the... Do not, whatever you do, do not start a fight with the people that uh, are the security there. <laughs> you learn that. You learn that from uh, personal experience. So these are these are personal friends that I probably would roll around with every once in a while. So uh-huh. yeah, you know, you wouldn't want right. to fight with these guys. All right. Now again, you could attest to this uh, better than me, but I'm reading, I'm hearing. My nuances tell me that tequila has become um, kind of the popular drink now. A variety of different tequila drinks out there for a while. It was. Yeah, uh, what was it? The Cosmopolitans. What was the hot drink for a while? Well, there's, well, I, I, I have. There's always a new hot drink every single month. Martinis, instead of martini bars. Now, now, tequila's become the hot drink. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you between, know why? Between the martinis, it went to rum. Ah, or no, it went. I, it went from vodka okay. to rum to tequila. I missed the vodka and rum era. The, don't worry, Coach. They'll be back in about three years because it's <laughs> once a year thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, and. The reason why tequila is on top now yep. is well, is because uh, a bunch of girls were told that if you drink it, you burn more calories for some reason because of like uh, the agave in it. So you have to get the expensive one, and they mm-hmm. actually they're burning calories. I'm not kidding you. That's okay. like urban myth. And you, as our our health expert here on the show, and I only say that half kiddingly because you have some actual expertise in the area. I'm assuming you can debunk that myth. Well, I, I'm not exactly sure about this one, Coach. Normally, I'll speak. You know. Half out of my mouth, you know, acting like I know what I'm talking about. Well, mm-hmm. Even though I like, well, just because of being, you know, red or whatever. But on this one, there's like a debate whether or not, because alcohol is a depressant. Yep. Alcohol is a depressant. But supposedly, like, there's debate that in the tequila form, it's not a depressant. It's, uh, it's like the form of like a Red Bull and vodka. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? It yep. was, it kind of like messes with your tilt because supposedly it doesn't act like a depressant like alcohol normally does. So mm-hmm. that's why, man, I, I got crazy last night on tequila. Mm-hmm. You hear that a lot more than you say, you know, oh, well, the whiskey will do that to you too. Mm-hmm. Normally people don't get, like, stupid drunk on vodka or clear alcohol. Okay. Well, so clear tequilas, well, people are acting like a lunatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, uh, I'm sure you'll pass on this message to all the young kids out there and the adults that might be imbibing on a Cinco de Mayo a drink. Responsible, and I know a lot of schools will be having parties today. Hopefully, kids will not be leaving high school and drinking and driving. No, you're absolutely right, Coach. Yeah. Absolutely They've, right. And yeah. and I, you know what I, <laughs> you know, you said to me, oh, you're normally doing something on Cinco de Mayo, yeah. and I can remember the 1990 Cinco de Mayo. Sean Dunson was at at uh, Wrigley Field. Sean Dunson hit a walk off home run, beat the Padres four to three with two outs, a runner never. on. Somehow, I never thought I'd hear Sean Dunson and Cinco de Mayo in the same sentence, but uh, okay. And then had a blast downtown all night long, and I wasn't mm-hmm. even 21 at the time. That was that was awfully good. Took the mm-hmm. train home that okay. night. It was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the but like a bunch of times, half the times I would have to say at least 10 times I was at my friend Bianca Camarena's house. Okay, homemade tequila. Oh my goodness! Woo! So in a place to wow. lay on the floor when you got done drinking, you'd wake up at you know like at six. 15 in the morning, and there'd be 12 people on the floor. Wow. Heck yeah, nobody drove home. So, they, would, so, they would, like, take your keys and then give you the greatest party you've ever seen in your life. And is Bianca still around? And uh, any chance we could crash the party tonight? Sounds like a good time. Oh, no, Bianca ended up marrying some dude. Oh. But it is heartbroken. Yeah. You know, that, that was one of those girls that I totally liked but never mm-hmm. even went out with. Yeah. You know, it was one of those no, girls. No, no happy endings, huh? No, no happy endings. Yeah, but what a family. Bad. What a family, though. Yeah. Oh, my right, goodness. B- before we start breaking down bulls, by the way, you mentioned tilt, and it brought up in my mind uh, there's a little controversy going on in the suburban area. Big dog in the Chicago uh, suburban area. Evanston, I think, 
specifically. And, uh, you know, we have listeners all over the country and uh, various parts, international as well. But suburban Chicago at times, particularly on the north side, can get a little stuck up a little bit. You still there? In the yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm still here. And okay. see what, here's the crazy thing about this. They well, don't what? care if you serve the drink or if you have it. They just don't want people drinking it in brown paper bags walking down the street. <laughs> That's that's understandable. But that's not where I was going with this. Apparently, they're they're planning on opening up a uh, a bar called the Twisted Kilt. Oh, I've I've been in the many Tilted of them, Kilt. The Tilted Kilt. Thank I've you. I've been Cole. in I've been in many of them. Okay. And, uh, uh, believe it or not, I've actually mm-hmm. well, never mind. I've actually dated a, a waitress from there. You oh, really? Wonder, you don't? You wonder. dated a Tilted Kilt? Yes. Very nice. Very and, uh, nice. But it's kind of like a Hooters derivative. And I want to ask you, as a representative of the social community, a man who's walked both sides of the line at times, uh, in extreme cases at times. In a sub- <laughs> Thank you very much. In a suburban community. Don't worry, folks. We're going to break down Bulls and Atlanta Hawks in just a second. But first, we have more important things to take care of. The opening or not opening of the tilt- tilted kilt. In a suburban area, do the residents have a right to not bring a place like that in or do you think they're getting too touchy touchy tough call well i guess you you know people are going to say they'll never go in there and then i guess that's up to the business to determine if there's enough people that Mm -hmm. say they will never go in there whether it's worth putting in in that location coach that's the beautiful thing about america those people spoke out they had freedom of speech to say we don't want it here we'll never go in there Mm -hmm. and now uh well, the business has to decide, what, and they'll have the right to decide whether or not, hey, you know what, maybe we shouldn't go in there, enough people don't want us there. What, why don't we take uh, all these tax dollars and, and great food and we'll bring them up to, uh, we'll bring that, we'll bring the Morton Grove. Well, uh, that all sounds... Just, they, can't, they don't speak English well enough to actually know what's going on. We can put anything in here. We can put a chemical plant in here, no one yeah, would know. They'll think Tilted Kilt is a research chemical company. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, very good. Um uh, you know, your the theory sounds all well and good, but what about the freedom of the company to open up wherever they want to? And if people yeah. come to visit their place, you know, they'll make money. And if not, they well, won't make money. Free enterprise. Hear, huh? You didn't, Coach. You didn't hear what I just said. You really don't have your hearing aid. Yeah, I heard what you yeah, said. You're talking about your talking. The company can do what they want. The no, I thought you were talking about the you were talking about the residents of the community. You know, that's, it's, that's the beautiful thing about America. The company has a choice. Wait. So we have, you have freedom of speech to be able to speak out and say we don't want you here, and mm-hmm. the company has the right as an American company to determine whether or not they can say, you know what, we're well, going to open up our restaurant anyways. But at some point, the community has to make a decision. The community can actually say no. Oh, okay. that's ridiculous, then. Then that's, I didn't know that the community got yeah. The community can just speak out and be like, we don't well, want Well, yeah, I'll I, I tell you what, if you want to look for a... Um, Anal retentive, and I hate to make a generalization because I'm sure there's some very nice zoning board people. But in general, if you want to look for some of the more anal retentive people uh, in this fine United States, or at least the Chicago area, all you have to do is search each community's zoning board. These people, these people need other activities to keep them busy. Big dog, they take their no, jobs no, 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 way no, no, too no. serious, and they're making way too much money off. Well, of I don't it. know if they're making money. Oh, coach, wake up. That's exactly what zoning board's all about. No. So they know you know, yeah, that is exactly what it's Personally, about. So Personally, you're implying they're taking under the uh, tilted so, kilt money? I, I, I'm not saying in this instance, but, yes, I, I wouldn't be surprised. And I'm also no. talking about the, the people on those boards are the most corrupt people in your neighborhood. <laughs> I Absolutely. disagree. I, I, you look at them as pretentious. 
and they don't want to talk to you. The reason why they're pretentious and don't want to talk to you is mm-hmm. because if they talk to you, you'd get an actual no. clue that they're scamming everybody. No, no. Coach, this is, that's exactly what they do. No. They make it's, That's what they've done in Chicago for years. Well, now, Chicago... Know, somebody, you get somebody on the zoning board, you tell four or five of your right. friends, buy here, buy here, buy here. All yeah. of a sudden, they clear something out, and next thing you know, they're, your right. friends quadruple their investment. Who do you think they're going to increase for the next for the Different next world. Zoning? I agree with different world when you're talking the city of Chicago. I'm talking Mundelein. I'm talking Gurney. I'm talking Naperville. I'm talking Glen. There? No, yes, I don't. It absolutely does. I don't it think I, in Naperville no. and Aurora and Mundelein and Palatine. No, it happens I, in all the communities. Somewhere. I don't think those people are taking money. I think they're heavily induced into self over self importance and taking their jobs way too serious. But. uh Fascinating discussion, by the way, on zoning. I don't know how we went from Cinco de Mayo to zoning boards, but I think we have the owners of Tilted Kilt to uh, blame for it. You know, I, one of my best friends wants to run, and the more he learns about it, it's absolutely disgusting. Wants okay, to that, run that, for zoning board? Well, no, wanted to run as uh, to do something in, in Aurora, I'll just say. Mm-hmm. And the more he learned about it, it, it was like, I can't do it. He's like, I cannot do it. Because basically, as... As a member of West Point, the first uh, the first rule of West Point is you cannot lie. Mm-hmm. He's like, so I can I will really truly never be able to run. He's like, I don't know <laughs> I don't know how anybody that's ever been uh, you know in graduated from West Point actually ran because you're not mm-hmm. supposed to lie. Or maybe on the all contraire, Pierre, maybe we we need somebody from West Point to run. Might be the only way we guarantee some form of honesty. You know what? I don't know what they would be able to scrap up over this particular guy to really, uh, like, shock anybody. Because, you know, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll do a whole disparaging campaign about him. Mm-hmm. I really don't know what they can do besides the fact that he's a little overweight. Okay. All right. Well, we, we, we uh, re-regress. And if you have been listening to our show on a regular basis, pretty much regressing is what we do, Big Dog. Just today we've regressed a little bit quicker than normal. David Olson, our producer, has the notes in front of us here, talk Bulls and Hawks. Analyze some baseball. What's going on with the White Sox? Break it down. We got the Kentucky Derby to talk about. Don't forget, Big Dog, your least favorite sport to talk about. What we will fake our way through it. At least you will. But uh, somehow we got sidetracked into uh, zoning boards and tilted kilts. And I think it all started with a Cinco de Mayo. By the way, uh, yeah, the the tilted kilt has some really good food, Coach. Okay, that's no joke for mm-hmm. for uh, for bar chain food. Pretty good. I would have to say it's definitely top five. For okay. bar chain food. All right. I've heard uh, good things about, uh, they say, I'm not a big chicken wings guy, but the, the Hooters chicken wings are pretty good. Those are those are phenomenal. There's okay. no doubt about that. I I remember one time I went out with uh, were five of my buddies, so there's six of us, mm-hmm. and we got the 200 wings. You say a Hooters or a Tilted Kilt? At, at Hooters. Ah. So the base I looked down, I was like, fellas, there's there's 100 dead chickens <laughs> in one meal. Two hundred wings, guys, huh? Six guys ate a hundred chicken. I was going to ask a silly question and say, "Did you finish it?" But I think I knew the answer to that. Um, not only did we finish that, they also gave you like a bottle of champagne with it or something like that. We uh-huh. we drank that. It was a good time. A little barbecue dressing, little uh, ranch, or combined. I, I go for the combo. When they give you the two hundred, you have every option that <laughs> made available to you. Oh goodness, you were probably dipping it in line and Kugel Red by the end of the night. Uh, no, that was just the meal. That only took us about uh, 40 minutes. Yeah. We were done. Underrated beer, by the way, Lanny Red. All right. Can we uh, get to sports? Big deal. Anything else on the Cinco de Mayo plate before we move to uh, Bulls and Atlanta Hawks? No, no. Let's move on to the Chicago Bulls. Bull. 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 Happily. That's Bull. 
NBA basketball talk. Phone lines open as per always. Big dog and the coacher regressing rapidly. Sports talk radio. Sports reactionary Joe Redwanski featured in this show. 888-463-6748. Big dog, a Bulls victory yesterday. They do even out the series. We'll talk about Dallas beating the Lakers as well. But, um, you know, overall, good game. But the, the big thing was I thought the Bulls brought back defense, which has been their trademark. They played outstanding defensively. Oh, yeah. They absolutely did, Coach. Uh, getting in the passing lanes a little bit more than they have in, in other games throughout the season. Uh, did, did you notice that taking a couple chances that yep. they really haven't? Mm-hmm. They haven't been that type of defense. Yeah. Uh, and they they got Atlanta and, and, and Joe Johnson, Jeff Teague, and Jamal Crawford in particular out of their comfort zone. Yeah. First game, just, you know, one-on-one, a little bit of cushion, way too comfortable. They showed some double teams. Luol Dang was right in the face of Joe Johnson. They made them a little uncomfortable offensively. I thought that was key. Yeah, the, the key with Johnson was to not give him any bit of room because if he caught the ball and was open, he's shooting. Okay, it's as simple as that. So he didn't really have that opportunity. And in this game, it didn't seem like Al Horford was getting every offensive rebound and laying it back in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they were, it was a lot of one-and-dones and, you know, that's what you got to have in the playoffs, especially when it turns into a really ugly offensive game for you. You got to make sure you get one and done possession mm-hmm. if you have a hard time scoring, and they did yesterday. Uh, a little bit confused because I thought one of the strengths of game one, a defeat for the Bulls, was their defensive rebounding. Well, that was, well, they, uh, they, it cost them a couple really big baskets late. Okay. So Hofer did sneak in and okay. get a couple of lanes. It, it was like two possessions in a row against Joe Kim Noah, who was just standing there. Mm hmm. Noah, you know, they talked about energy. Well, if there's anybody that, you know, we, we talked about yesterday, we didn't, really didn't agree, but if there was anybody who did play without energy in game one, it was Noah. And he had it yesterday. It, that was, it was good to see. Boy, right from the get-go, too. He finished with, what, 19 points, 14 rebounds, huh? three steals. Yeah, he got the Bulls going early when they were still struggling with their offense. I think Jokum scored, what, six early points, six of the first 10 or 12. So he was, he was key to getting them started. Did not like the way Derrick Rose played, Big Dunk. Uh, I, I did not either, but Thank uh, you. I'm not putting that on his shoulders, by the way. I am. I'm No, not at all. Not at all, because we have previously. This time, I'm calling out to his teammates. No. How many times did you see four people standing around looking at him? It happened often. Well, what it, came it, first, the chicken or the egg? Do you, do you end out standing around because D-Road takes every shot, and dribble, 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 or... You know, does Derrick Rose dribble, 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 dribble because teammates are standing around? I think it's the former, not the latter. No, uh, we've actually, you know, found the digital footprints of all the computers on us, and we do know that the, the Bulls actually listen to the program, Coach. So you stick yes. on pounding Rose, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. I'll stick on pounding the teammates. No, and they all, then we'll come to the conclusion me. that they all need to play a little bit different in order yeah. uh, to be effectively on offense. Well, the Atlanta Hawks, and I agree with you, the Atlanta Hawks need to hear the same message. Move the ball. Pass the damn ball. All the Bulls players say their best when they move the basketball it was the same case with the team last year. And yesterday, and again, they won the game, but Derrick Rose, you know, shoots 10 for 27. Way too much one-on-one play. Move the basketball. Pass the ball. Joe Johnson and Jamal, Joe Johnson in particular was uh, extremely guilty of that himself by the Atlanta Hawks. Well, I could care less what the Hawks do. So, yeah, whatever with that. But when it comes to the Chicago Bulls coach, you know, if you don't have the ball and it, all of a sudden you look around and four people, your other, all four of you are just standing there looking at the, looking at Derrick Rose, mm-hmm. just why don't you just sprint to the basket? Just cut to it, throw your arm up. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, the defense reacts to that and maybe something opens up. 
instead of just having people. It, I was getting so frustrated. It happened way too many times yeah. last night. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I'll meet you halfway. I will agree with that. I think it's a it's a problem from both sides. But uh, yeah, the too fact much. They got a win yesterday. I thought on offense. I was about to puke. I was disgusted offensively mm-hmm. yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was not a great offensive performance. Carlos Boozer not able to finish around the basket. We're going to assume. Gibson, please. Huh? More Taj. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I, the whole bench. I would like to see play more, but I, I think Boozer. The uh, turf toe, big dog, you've had that a painful, painful injury on the big toe. It is affecting his explosion up to the basket. If it's not the turf toe, then we get a lot of millions of dollars that have been wasted. Uh, by the way, I've never had that. You've never, never had turf never toe? never had turf toe. Wow. I had, uh, I had uh, my buddy Butler who had the like the severe injury, which mm-hmm. is not turf toe, but like uh, where that actual ligament tears from the bone. Mm-hmm. So it's like turf toe uh, termination is like the, the next Woo! step. Wow. Good coach, it's it's horrible. You're done. You're Ooh. done. If you tear that ligament, you're done. If you sprain that, you really yep. do have to get it mended to yep. really be effective. Yeah, yeah. The big toe. We well, we remember talking to our uh, in studio doctor, our, Dr. Arnold Schwarzenegger, back in the old morning break radio days when you can lop off. Yeah, <laughs> when it was way back when Sammy Sosa right had the yes. big toe injury. Yeah, yeah, and he confirmed that the big toe is key. Of all your digits, is probably one of the most key appendages. Thank you very much. I think he ranked yes, it number three. All right. but uh, So, overall, not a good offensive performance. The defense saved them. They played well at times. Joakim Noah, probably the player of the game for the Chicago Bulls. I'll tell you one kid I really like, Big Dog, for the Atlanta. I know you don't care about the Atlanta Hawks, but, you know, I'm a sports fan first, a homer second. I really like the point guard play of 22-year-old Wake Forest and Jeff Teague. Uh, Why did you tell me he was from Wake Forest? Wow, I didn't want to know because we wrong? have a we have a we have a thing in my house. Every time he does anything good, I just scream at the top of my lungs. Who is he? Uh-huh. Everybody laughs because they're just no one knows who he is, and we're just yeah. We were like, who, who the hell? He's killing us. He's, He's good. Us. He's to me, and this is going to sound completely bizarre, but Derek Rose needs to watch tape of how Jeff Tag is playing point guard. I know that's a bizarre statement, and some people are probably you know switching the radio dial as we speak, but I think Jeff Teague has a clue of how a point guard should be. He'll give it up. He gets his teammates involved, but he's a scoring. They scored 21 points last night at a very efficient 7 out of 14. He's smooth, he's cool, he's calm, he's collected, plays under control, and he gets his teammates involved. I like yeah, the kid. Yeah, there's also a little difference. He isn't the focus of private... Chicago Bulls, like Derrick Rose is the focus of five Atlanta Hawks. Mm-hmm. His job's a little bit easier. So I, 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 I appreciate what you're saying, Coach, but yeah, it, yeah, please don't say stuff that make people turn it out. Not that I want to count, I Now, notice no. I didn't say Jeff Teague is better than Derrick Rose. What I said is Rose needs to watch tape of Jeff Teague well, so he can learn a little bit more about what a point guard needs to be. And I'm not saying just pass all the time. Scoring, but getting your teammates involved, giving the ball up early in possessions so that your teammates can create a little bit too and do some stuff on their own. Knowing how uh, Thibodeau tightens the screws yeah. and knowing how hard Derrick Rose works, I'm pretty certain that uh, he's watched the video, Coach, a couple times. I'm not. I'm not so sure Thibodeau. I think Thibodeau encourages Rose to play that way. So I'm, I'm not as I'm not as convinced as you are. I, I would like to see Thibodeau encourage. Really, do you think he encourages them? Yes. I really think that. I, I really think that the the ten for twenty seven and the and the the lack of zip with drive and kicks and and mm-hmm. movement of the ball it has to do with a lot with the fact that Atlanta's playing great matchup uh, no, defense and the break. fact that 
the fact that the other players on the team are standing around looking. They, I, I do agree with you. <clears throat> Derrick Rose has to move the ball more, Coach. But he needs players to move. You don't throw the ball to somebody standing 20 feet away from the Why not? Rim with his shoulders slumped and <laughs> looking like he doesn't even want the basketball. You've got to get it to people who want it, who are mm-hmm. cutting, who are getting into the low post, who are, are coming off screen. You know, at least you know when Kyle Korver's out there. At least he's moving around, forcing the defense to at least defend somebody. Mm-hmm. It seems like it opens up other people when Korver's out there. All of a sudden, what do they Otherwise, work him? They work him off of screens. It's fun to watch him off the ball. I mean, you talk about it is. <laughs> he has got all the moves, the fakes, the dipsy doodles. Uh, you know, it's really it's it's almost like taking a basketball class. Just watching Kyle Korver not with the ball. He's a pretty good passer, by the way. Yes, he, he doesn't make some – they're really efficient on offense when he's yeah. out there, Coach. They yeah. Score. Sometimes they focus on him too much, but just watching him move off the ball is a coaching clinic and a player's clinic right there for Kyle Korver. Uh, all right, so Bulls win the ball game, big dog. They head to Atlanta tomorrow and Saturday. Two in a row. That's kind of odd. I was a little – oh, I'm sorry, tomorrow and Sunday. Friday and Sunday, but at Atlanta, you think the Bulls are back in control, or is this puppy going seven? No, I, I think it's going five. I, I, and I, I, if you remember, I said I'm worried about game one. I really was worried about game one. Mm-hmm. I still think it's going five. And the, the Hawks are going to be tough. They're, these games in Atlanta are going to be ridiculously tough. Mm-hmm. But I, I do see the Bulls making adjustments. The Bulls got better throughout every game with the Indiana Pacers, except for the loss in game four. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that was, that was a game where, uh, like Derrick Rose was, you know, couldn't get to the basket. And if that happens, the Bulls are going to lose. I, in order for them to be able to win without Derrick Rose being able to get to the hoop, the hoop to me right now is almost inconceivable. Mm-hmm. By the way, not to fire on Derrick Rose too much because I love the kid despite everything I'm saying. Maybe you're hardest on the one you love, you know, a little fatherly yeah. love from the coach here towards Derrick Rose. But not only the bad shooting last night, Big Dog, the uh, unforced turnovers, suddenly Derrick Rose has become quite careless and a bad decision maker with the basketball. Um. Yes. And like I said, there's five guys focusing on him. We really need his teammates to step up. Those unforced errors, I agree. I don't under, understand that. But there's a lot of forced ones, too, mm-hmm. where he's getting double teamed. As soon as he gets double teamed, you have to be a man and recognize in the NBA that i got to get to the guy with the ball, okay? And, and I might have to be an athlete mm-hmm. and a basketball player after I catch it. You know, it doesn't have to be like hot potato right back to Derrick Rose. Very much like you on previous Cinco de Mayo days at about 11 o'clock at night after a couple of shots of tequila. you hit, When your person goes off in double teams, you have to make yourself available. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yes. You, and yeah. you got to find a way to get the hands up, make yourself available. Don't just hide away when your teammate's getting double teamed. Heck, yeah. Thank yes. you, you got to make sure that you have the ability to score. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, it was late. Late at night, Big Dog, I didn't get to watch the game. Hopefully you did, but am I reading correct that the Dallas Mavericks again knocked off your Los Angeles Lakers? Yeah, don't ever call them my Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> and no, I, I, I got to I gotta admit, Coach, right when the Bulls game was done, I, I went back to Osama Bin Laden all the, all day, really? all the time. You're yeah. still hooked? Yeah, I'm, I'm without question. Wow. Okay. I got to tell you, though, the holes in the story, I, I don't understand what the heck's going Uh-oh. on right now. Uh-oh. The latest of the JFK, uh, Mr. JFK conspiracy theorist. I, I have a feeling down the road it's going to be. Um... Yeah, people are going to have. They're going to be able to point fingers and. Oh boy, this, this weird coach. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't get why there were so many different stories 
Yeah, people in the White House saying two different things and stuff. And Do we have the technology now, and I even hesitate to say this, but if we needed to, could we send divers down and find the body and pull them back up? No, the, I, I, the first thing I wanted when they told me they dropped him into the ocean, I was like, I wonder if they put some type of uh, signaling device or a place where they'll know where he's at just in case. Mm-hmm. I hope they did. I really do hope they did. Interesting. Interesting. When a body gets dumped at the ocean, not to get too gruesome here, but do it, does a shark or another man-eating fish eventually find that body, or does the body tend to sit on the ocean's floor? Well, um, I would have to say there's an open wound in the skull, so maybe mm-hmm. some uh, blood gets out and sharks do smell blood. Mm-hmm. But it's not like it's going to be thrashing around and give the sensory perception that sharks have that bounce stuff off of stuff that's moving. Okay. So uh, I, I, I'm sure something will eventually... Feed on it, right? Mm-hmm. So they uh, wrap them up uh, nice. America's number one breakfast show, as long as you're not eating breakfast, folks. Living up to our reputation once again. All right, I, so so you went from the Bulls to the Bin Laden show. Yes, that's, that went back to Osama Bin Laden all the time. On any type of network, I can get any type of coverage on it. <laughs> While I'm reading uh, Judge Report and all this other stuff. It's mm-hmm. when I'm reading Judge Report about they're saying one thing, and I'm on, like, watching... Uh, you know, like Fox News and are saying an absolutely different thing than the exact, on the same exact subject. It's like, really? What's, can't the story get straight? Hmm. Interesting. You know, so. And based on our discussion yesterday, when all was said and done, the Drudge Report, you would believe over some of our local media television? Uh, yes, uh, most, okay. most more consistently without question, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So did, you did or you did not? Counselor, watch the Dallas Mavericks upset or defeat the L.A. Lakers. Uh, tell me what happened, Coach. What was the score? Was it close? I, I was, was hoping you were going to tell me. I think the final score was 93-81 with the Lakers collapsing in the second half. But I was I didn't watch the game. I just saw the score and I saw an unshaven Dirk Nowitzki being interviewed after the game. Wow. Wow. This, uh, you, know, you can never count the Lakers out. Uh, but I would really be shocked if the, the, the Mavericks always seem to choke and and uh, not be able to put teams away and, and lack heart. Mm-hmm. But maybe this is their year, Coach. They've been laying in the weeds all year. Nobody ever really put them in as an NBA championship contender. It would always be in the East. Yep. So it was Boston and Miami. About 60 games in, people legitimately threw the Bulls in. And then it was Spurs-Lakers. No one ever brought up the Mavericks as a team that had the chance to win mm-hmm. the win the championship yeah you had you had almost uh, dallas mavericks almost got lost in the great abyss of the uh-huh. uh of the western conference where it was the you know the old guard the, the lakers and the spurs and then there were the new up-and-coming teams the memphis grizzlies the oklahoma city thunder and the portland trailblazers and somewhere lost in between very quietly hanging around was the uh, dallas mavericks and here yeah. they are yeah exactly yeah and if you think about uh if you're oklahoma city you're like come on dallas Really, Dallas is I'm not sure. I shouldn't assume anything because Memphis is playing as well as anybody's playing in the NBA right now. But mm-hmm. uh, the winner of that series taking on Dallas, that's a free for all. You know, that's to knock out the champions in the in the West Western semi. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, you have two teams. Obviously, they're going to be the underdog out of whoever comes out of the out of the East at that point, assuming that Atlanta doesn't somehow get to the finals mm-hmm. uh, because who the but, I mean, they would be a good gigantic underdog, so who knows? All right. Well, I mean, like you playoffs s- so far. It's amazing how the playoffs for so long in the NBA was the top seed beat the lower seed. 
And those days are coming to an end. It isn't automatic anymore, Coach. There have been a lot of eight and sevens and sixes winning their their first rounds in mm-hmm. advance the last few years. Yeah, and more specifically, this year the new guard is starting to starting to overtake the old guard. We're starting to see that the young superstars starting to replace the uh, older superstars. Well, you know, the replacement hasn't fully taken place, but uh, you can see. You can see the changes are coming, and the Bulls are part of that new guard. So we here in Chicago are happy about that. Going to be interesting to watch, Big Dog. But as you prefaced it by, I think your first comment out of the gate was, don't count the Lakers out yet. They are the champions, and remain that until they lose four games. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, they didn't want to go down 0-3, you know. But, uh, yeah, now you, but they got to go into Dallas, Coach. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're, when you're down 0-2, you know, you, you don't ever want to have to go on the road and, and have to really tell yourself you got to sweep. That's that's not a good that's not a good psychological thing. Mm-hmm. When you only need one going on the road, it's really easy to concentrate on the game at hand. But when yeah. you know you need two, it becomes a little bit more difficult. One game at a time, my friend. One right. game at a time. Don't think of the whole big picture. Yeah, that, yeah. Well, that, that, it's easy for us to say. Yes, it is much easier. Uh, Rick Carlisle, by the way, the Dallas Maverick coach. Apparently, his career. Theory of coaching just about every team, and eventually I'll find a championship team. That strategy might might be coming into place this year, Big Dog. Yeah, well, yeah, hopefully for Tom Thibodeau, because you know in three years I think Carlisle it's his turn to coach the Bulls in three seasons. <laughs> in the rotation. Yes. Yeah. All right. All right. NBA basketball talk here in the two guys at a mic show. We'll switch up to baseball in just a second. Got to talk a little Kentucky Derby as well. Big dog and a coach at your service. 888-463-6748. The phone number, David, we taking a break or, uh, all right, we'll take a quick break. We'll regroup a little bit here, play some of that fine talk zone music. I'm telling you, the song at the start of the show, he did something different to it today. It sounded better. It hit deeper. Maybe it's just my current fragile emotional state, Big Dog. Did you take a couple rips before you got in here? And by the way, this is one of my favorite intro outro stuff, too, right now that he's got get, going on. Get your hand off my thigh. No, that's not my hand. It's not my thigh. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joel radwanski on talkzone.com big dog during the break couple of new members of our twitter family are you a member by the way of our twitter family have you signed on i do you have you're tweeting i don't know about it and we've been tweeting for about the last year and a half big dog absolutely yeah, I'm a part of it, by the way. I just Thank I, you very I, much. Yeah. All right. Well, welcome. we got a couple new family members, apparently Colonel Backside and Leave It to Beaver have joined our Twitter family. So welcome them if you could. Colonel Backside. <laughs> oh, goodness. What can I tell you? I just read the script. 888 <laughs> 
I enjoy working with you, big dog. Too bad we don't get paid for this gig, huh? Yeah, yeah, too bad. Too it, bad is, it is a shame. All right, real quick, before we go to baseball, Kentucky Derby, I know it's not one of your favorites. Yesterday you gave us a few comments on some of the uh, horses that were running up, particularly like, by the way, your comment on uh, staying thirsty. Stay, or stay thirsty, most, yeah, ridden by the most interesting man in interesting the world. Interesting man in the world. That was nicely done. But a few others uh, that are running uh, out of this. And by the way, arguably the most exciting five minutes in all of sports yesterday, the drawing for the pole position of the Kentucky Derby. Um, Coach, it was scintillating. When they reach in and they pull out their numbers and you watch some of those hardworking trainers decide where their horse is going to be racing, it, it beats the NFL draft and the NBA draft combined, big dog. But I got to tell you, every time, every time they do that, every time I watch it, I always think they're going to be like, and Patrick Ewing <laughs> is going to the New York Knicks. <laughs> every time they reach in that yeah. thing, but it doesn't happen. I had a dream last night of famous trainer Todd Pletcher wearing Mel Kuyper's hair. Very That's disturbing. Very disturbing. <laughs> All right, uh, how about uh, running out of the sixth spot, 20-to-1 odds, ridden by Patrick Valenzuela, comma to the top. Interesting name, comma to the top. Any chance for comma? No, 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 no. I think his name is Coma to the top, Coach. Ah, C-O-M-M-A could be either way, right? Yeah, yeah, it could be. Interesting, thank you. All right, well, either way, any chance out there, or should our listeners stay away from Coma to the top? Yeah, you don't want to have a horse that's talking about the fact that it might not make it all the way through the race. Okay. Okay. Yesterday, by the way, you wrote off Mucho Macho Man. A lot of our listeners were not happy with that. He's ridden, by the way, by Raj Marag out of India, I believe. Wow, really? Mm-hmm. So you might yeah, want to have right. second thoughts about that. It might be a little bit easier to find somebody that's 118 pounds in India. <laughs> How about Derby Kitten running out of the nine spot, ridden by Javier Castellana? Derby Kitten, I'm assuming it's a Philly, uh, got a chance running at 20-1. to 1. I, I I like it, Coach. Anything with the name Kitten in it or Kitty, mm-hmm. I like it. Anything that is, like in All the right. feline area. Okay. Big fan. Very good. So keep Derby Kitten in your uh, close-knit purse, if you will. Uh, this one's oh. almost too easy. Brilliant Speed. It's almost too obvious of a name. I don't like the horse to begin with. It shows a little... Conceit, a little arrogance. It's written by Joel Rosario. I don't even like him. I don't know who he is, but I don't like him. What do you think about Brilliant Speed? Well, I like him. He has a good name. Okay. See, to me, uh, it's like our basketball team played in a tournament last week, uh, and one of the teams we played was called Top Selection. No, I'm sorry. No, that that no, that's 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 a little that's a little yeah. cheeky. I will I mean, say this: if it's a smart horse, you're calling it Brilliant. Okay. I'd be a little bit more impressed if that horse can go okay. out and count and do some math than I would if he could run around a track. Uh-huh. So okay. I, I, I'm with you on the name, but for totally, you, you don't like the arrogance of it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, if the horse is so freaking smart, let me see it do something. <laughs> Big deal. It took a couple left turns. Uh-huh. That doesn't impress me very much. 40 to 1 odds written by your namesake, by the way, Joel Rosario. Yeah, so, yeah, he's uh, – and once again, come on, Joel. If the horse can read or something, let us know. Uh, how about coming out of the 20 spot? 20 horse. It's a wide-open Kentucky Derby, folks. There is no favorite. The closest thing we had to a favorite was Uncle Mo, and he developed uh, stomach issues. I'm not kidding about this. This is for real. Because Some, he drank paint when he thought it was coffee? I don't think that's the case. He's 50-50 to go in the Derby. He was undefeated as a two-year-old, Uncle Mo. 
But finish. How do you get, you get the stomachache? Was it? Did he like suck on the the the, the laughing gas on accident? I don't know. Maybe he was hanging around. Mo- some type of Three Stooges accident. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> he might have been hanging around Mucho Macho Man too much. Yeah, uh, that was a great episode too. Celebrating Cinco de Mayo a little bit too early. What about in the twenty spot? Watch me go. He's got to pass up nineteen other horses. Rafael Bahanero. He's been there before. Watch me go. Coming in at fifty. To one from the twenty spot, I kind of like him. I like the name. No, absolutely, and trust me, Coach. I have spotters there, and they're going to watch watch me go. And if watch me go actually does go right before posting, <laughs> you'll put a thousand dollars. You'll put an early. I don't think that's yeah. the watch me go that they were talking about when they named the what? horse. What? <laughs> this goes on your theory, uh, and I forgot almost forgot about your theory. When in doubt, bet on number two. When the last, because trust me, coach, have you ever taken a really good dump and then you feel like, you just feel like you could take on the world that just goes, I mean, that only lasts for a little bit. And I'm talking like a two minute spread around the track is about how long it'll last. So you just go to the horse that you bet on number one for the horse that just went number two. It's an outstanding theory. What about our two horses that we, uh, nobody knows about, but we think they might be in the race and, uh, might be surprise picks. I still like flatulence running from in front, or the horse fully extended, he'll be running, of course, from behind. Uh, you know, if I'm one of those horses in the middle, I'm <laughs> I'm running a little confused, angry yeah. and scared at the same time. All right. Anything else on the Derby, Big Dog? I know you, it's, a, it's a painful moment for you, but you have to. It is. It is. I really don't like recalling right. the, the Kentucky Derby. It's... It was, uh, it was uh, it, you know, it just reminded you that you might have been able to Ride Big Brown to victory, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. But uh, you know what you do afterwards could be you know you reap consequences years later. Yep. I still lie. My old radio partner used to say it's the best two minutes outside the bedroom that there is in life. <laughs> Thank you very much. No, see, right. see, I'm with you because you you like see that's I'm all about like uh, like the sprint. So I, I love like the the, the mm-hmm. Olympics, the the ten second sprint because I'm done with it. Mm-hmm. It, it takes. Ten minutes to introduce these guys, and ten seconds later, the it's, it's over with. I enjoy the deep, multi-leveled competitiveness of, of a marathon run. I, don't know what yeah, I can't, ha- sit, I don't know I what... can't sit through a whole marathon. Okay, let us I'm move on. Sit, I was in a bar watching a marathon, and it was in the neighborhood. <laughs> it would be cool. Yeah, is there any good bars to watch a marathon? I don't think there are any. Maybe most well, can't see. Are there? There's, there's, there's a bunch of good. There's right. a, the, the the city of Chicago runs through. Uh, the marathon runs through the city of Chicago. There are many bars along the way, Coach. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, it goes uh, to Halstead. And, uh, uh, it, I mean, there's a, whatever. There's a bunch of places that mm-hmm. you can watch the marathon from. Okay. Let's talk some baseball. Big Dog, a little baseball talk. Two guys and a mic. Joe Redwanski, the Big Dog, passionate baseball fan, our expert on the show. You want to check in, phone lines open, 888-463-6748. Talk about your favorite team, positive, negative, or anywhere in the vast in between. Big Dog, let's start out with the positive here in Chicago anyways. Your uh, Chicago Cub team showing a heartbeat of late. Big win yesterday against Arizona. They take two out of three. They're back home uh, tomorrow against the Cincinnati Red Stockings. But overall, the record's not great, but... uh the Cubs progressing with a little bit of feel-good. Nice win yesterday. Yeah, it was, it was a great win yesterday because Carlos Peña had a home run for the second consecutive yep. game, which gave him two on the season. Woo-hoo! Uh, Alfonso Soriano still, he, please get some runners on while he's batting. Cubs, please, because it'd be awful nice. He always, uh, he never has anybody on when he's when he's up. Yeah, struck so out that, that two more nice. times yesterday. 
Yeah, he leads the major leagues in home runs, and I've bashed him more than any cup player ever, so I don't want to do that. But mm-hmm. uh, Carlos Umbrano yesterday, Coach. Salad? Yeah, pumping strikes on the corners of the plate. Mm-hmm. Uh, having a good time dancing in the dugout. It was a 1944 throwback day, Coach. Mm-hmm. So the Dodgers wore in their Brooklyn Dodger uh, uniforms, so the Cubs had their 1944 jerseys on, which are totally different than the 1945 jerseys. Last ones, they went to the World Series. And, and to be honest with you, I had never seen these jerseys before. Mm-hmm. So when they they uh, when they showed me yesterday, it was it was pretty cool. It had uh, uh, kind of simple, but it had like this red uh, like stripe underneath Chicago that was written on the chest. It was mm-hmm. it was pretty cool. Zambrano wore it well, did he not? Yeah, he did. He looked like, and the first pitch of the game, he did the crazy old time wind up. <laughs> he did. It you was, know, I missed that. I heard about it, but I missed it. That's a great. You know what? I know it's major leagues competition at its highest, but you still got to have a little bit of fun. I like that. Yeah, you know, it was cool watching Zambrano pitch with a smile and egging his teammates on mm-hmm. and stuff. And they'll win if he's like that. Honestly, he needs to take that that uh that bulldogged like crazy approach and turn it into hey let's have a let's have a good time mm-hmm. when when he gets cr- like crazy angry he throws the ball too hard and it doesn't move it goes straight major league batters pound that stuff yep. when he's just out there dancing could you just see him dancing to that 1940 music no it was uh, he was in the dugout and started dancing like 40 style you know how like you do like the kick up uh-huh. and like the twist and then twirl around he was doing that. They were just crazy. This is in the middle of the game, Coach. Uh-huh. And then later on, him and Darwin, Bar- Darwin Barney might have the craziest handshake I've ever seen. It <laughs> ended up involving, after they do their little, like, like flailing around with their hands, they uh-huh. turn around, put their backs to each other, and then walk away from each other, acting like they're holding a gun, and then they turn and fire at each other. <laughs> they, they're doing that. I mean, that's the, every time, uh-huh. like, when the... When the Cubs were at bat, all they did was just go look in the dugout and see what Carlos Zambrano was doing. And the whole mm-hmm. game, he was messing around, acting like an idiot. It was, it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with so. you. His his attitude can can permeate negatively or positively. So far this year, it's been of the positive variety, and I like that. Zambrano making a difference, not just on the mound, but with his attitude with the team. And let it be said that uh, if Darwin Barney turns out to be a star, big dog, he's my baby. I'm the one who discovered him first. I was on the Darwin Barney bandwagon the first game I watched him play. Uh, Coach, uh, don't don't leave me off of that bandwagon. Yeah, don't you forget were... how many times I yep. begged. They were like, yep. all I said, all I ever read about scouting reports was the guy was unbelievable in the field and he and he knew how to handle a bat. And I was, uh, how often do I ask for a Cubs second baseman and second hole hitter to do mm-hmm. exactly that? Yep. Yeah, he... uh, no, that's our baby coach. I'm not going to let you okay. take it for yourself. No, no, you're right. You were right. You were right there also. But uh, everybody talking about Starlin Castro, Darwin Barney has a higher batting average right now. He is a quality player. And I'm going to have to check out that little handshake routine he's got with Carlos Zambrano. But <laughs> big win anyways. Marlon Bird, we should mention. Uh, Marlon Bird, three-run homer, the big uh, crusher to get the Cubs going. Yeah. And we're still under 500, but uh, it was a nice win. And interestingly, Andre Ethier of the hitting streak, big though, he did not play because of a, what was it, an inflammation of the left elbow. Something like that. I, yeah, yep. I, I lose track of what happens with these guys. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then they and then they were saying he's available to pinch hit. Ooh. That was ridiculous. That was just so the Cubs don't Ooh. put in like Kerry Wood or something like that. Interesting quandary. David Olson, let me throw this one to you here. Guy's got a 29-game hitting streak. Let's say the Dodgers get runners on. He was not able to play today. Yeah, just let's hold him out for a game. Base is loaded. Two outs. Clearly, your best pinch hitter is Andre Ethier. But if you put him in, 
it could ruin the hitting streak. What do you do as a manager? You play to win, or do you value the streak? You play to win. Yeah, when it's only at 29, you do. You play to win. Only at 29. Yeah. When you start talking 30, like high 30s, Yeah. then I I do think things change. Yeah. Be an interesting call, wouldn't it, though? Yeah. Interesting call. I, I, I agree with you. I'm not sure I'd say it as confidently as producer David Olson did, but I think the bottom line is you do. But, boy, I'd, I wouldn't want to use him unless I had to. Oh, I, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. But, you know, you, you got to play to win because okay. if you end up missing the playoffs by one one game, mm-hmm. you know how much money you just cost your your, your mm-hmm. owner. Oh, no, hold on a second. You don't really have an owner. You have nothing over there. Okay. Day, day off for the Cubs today. Day off for the White Sox, too. we got to talk about the Sox, and we'll – Mentioned some of the other baseball games yesterday. A little baseball. Round them up and wrap them up. Two guys in a Mike style, but the White Sox lose again. Big dog. 3-2 to two to Minnesota. Tough loss. Made some errors. Made some mental mistakes on the base paths. Thought maybe getting no hit by Francisco Liriano would uh, maybe get the bats turned around a little bit, but it did not happen. They lose again to the Twins. Any positive linings you can give to our beloved White Sox fans out there? That uh, John Danks is the best 0-5 pitcher in baseball. Mm-hmm. He is. Pitched a good game yesterday. Um, you got some of the best food in the major leagues over there at U.S. Oh, Cellular. The aroma is unbelievable. Good. Heck, yeah. You, you got that. Anything else positive to say about Chicago White Sox? No, I, I don't. Okay. If you like if you like uh, Irish redhead girls, <laughs> it's a place to go watch a baseball game. Uh-huh. All right, yeah. so in, in conclusion, we've got the best 0-5 pitcher in baseball. Yeah. The best food service or food available in baseball. All that I know, and I've only been to about 12 parks. Okay. Sadly. Mm-hmm. But that's, it's the best food that I've been to at a ballpark. Okay. And then, uh, again, if you are into, on occasion, the Irish redhead of the female variety, it might be a good spot for you to stop by. You might want to swing by. Okay. Field. okay. I mean, the U.S. Cellular. Okay. So you put those three things at top. Overrunning the bases, batting, fielding, pitching, closing, managing, and general managing. Um, well, Alexei Ramirez, is a, he's kind of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, just to see a guy that that's actually a stick figure out there with mm-hmm. like a gigantic head swinging the ball around, <laughs> that's another great thing to watch for the yeah. Chicago White Sox. By the way, worst record in baseball right now, the Chicago White Sox. They lose again to the Twins. Day off for them, and they're going to be coming back uh, home are the White No, I take that back. They'll be going on the road. No, they, yeah, they, they were supposed to come yeah. back home, but the White Sox have given up those home dates because they don't want them. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I do think, mired in the disaster that it has been the month of April and early May, I think Kenny Williams and Ozzie Guillen taking the right approach, big dog, not panicking, staying low. Ozzie's starting to fire a little bit. But overall, there's not much you can do. You try to switch up the lineup. Ozzie has tried that. You weather the storm and hope, hope that the talent starts to uh, come to the forefront. Yeah, I guess right now that pretty much is all that they have is mm-hmm. hope. Because what are you going to do, sir? They don't have production. They don't have anything uh, tangible to actually go with. Mm-hmm. They just they just keep on getting their, their hats handed to them. But maybe when you look back on it, if they do turn it around, could you see a story in mid-August in the Chicago or the National newspapers complimenting Kenny Williams and Ozzie Guillen for the brutal first month and a half of the season? When instead of panicking, instead of trading and dropping players, yelling at their teammate, bringing up minor leaguers, they knew they had a good team. They stood the course, and here the White Sox are just a game behind the Cleveland Indians. You could see that kind of story, no guarantee, but you could see it being written. You know, Coach, uh, I, here's what happened. In uh, 
1982, but right before the season, the White Sox had a a color analyst on television. Mm-hmm. His name was Early Wynn. Do you remember him? Are you calling him a color analyst or a colored analyst? Color analyst. Ah, just checking. You know, do you know what that is? Uh, yes. I know. Okay. Uh, he was a pitcher for the Cleveland Indians, but he was a broadcaster for the White Sox. They got rid of him. In 1982, the White Sox got off to a horrible start. In 83, they got off to a horrible start. Ever since the White Sox have gotten rid of early wins, they have not been able to get off with good starts. And I, I'm not making this up. Mm-hmm. You, you can look this. Every year since then, the White Sox have always been better in the middle to late of the year. 1983, they had the best record in the American League, and I would bet you on May 20th, they were in the they guaranteed in the bottom quarter of the American League what the record was, mm-hmm. and they had to ended up with the best record. This happens consistently. Last year, two years ago, not in '05 and not in 2000, they got off to pretty good starts those years. Mm-hmm. And those you know those years they won the division. One year they won it's the, an interesting, the World Series. Interesting theory, one that I have not heard uh, espoused before. Never. Let me ask you: This is early win still uh, with us? No, early win did pass away. Ah. Early win is the late early win. Okay. Uh, but is his body easier to expound possibly than an Osama bin Laden? I'm not exactly sure. He wasn't as hated. I will tell you that. He wasn't as hated. Because based on what you're implying here, if the Wynn family approves, I say we uh, in some way, shape, or form bring back early win next April and have him at uh, each and every home game for the Comiskey Park Sox. Run him up the flagpole, Coach. Nah, I wouldn't go that far. Why not? Just have him behind, you know, with the guys with the gun, sitting behind home plate, the scouts, instead of sitting on regular seats, they could be sitting on early win. Just a thought. Didn't say it was a good thought. It was just a thought. <laughs> All right. So that's an interesting theory. I have not heard I'm, that. I'm going to have to look it up. I, I, got, I don't have internet uh-huh. access at the moment. Okay. okay. It's a great name for a pitcher, by the way, early win. Yeah, it's a great. It's it was it was hilarious when that joke came about in 1982 when the White Sox mm-hmm. had this horrible, horrible start. So okay. it's almost as good as ex Blackhawk goalie Steve Passmore. That's one of that's one of the greatest names or worst <laughs> names. Oh goodness! All right, eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Couple of minutes left to check in. Minnesota does knock off the White Sox. Uh, Day off today, so it figures to be one of the better days of the season for our beloved White Sox. How about Oakland? Knocking off Cleveland yesterday, big dog, 3-1, to one, Trevor Cahill. He's been pitching very well, and David DeJesus, not a KC Royal anymore. DeJesus hits two home runs. Oakland playing pretty good baseball. Uh, Oakland's playing really, really well. They they had the worst outfield defense in all of Major League Baseball last year. So they, they fixed that, went out and got mm-hmm. some guys that could actually go catch the ball. And, and Trevor Cahill, coach, he throws bowling balls. You know, he only throws the ball, you know, 85 miles an hour, but everything you know that gets hit off him hits the ground. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's a control sinker ball pitcher, yeah. and nobody understands how he gets people out. That was the same way for Greg Maddox for the first, like, five or six years of his career. And finally, people were like, okay, fine, he's good. He's good. So maybe <laughs> that'll, you know, that's going to have to happen to Trevor Cahill one day where they people actually will admit that you don't have to throw the ball a billion miles an hour to get people out in Major League Baseball. By the way, the team they beat, Cleveland Indians, hottest team in baseball. I think they had like a seven-game winning streak going on. Speaking of the Cleveland Indians, Big Dog, unfortunately, amidst all the uh, positivity in Cleveland, and Lord knows they need it baseball-wise, one negative moment, Shin Choo Choo arrested a couple of days ago for drunk driving. I think he was twice over the limit the sixth 
Baseball player of the season. Sixth. With uh, drunk driving, at least allegations. That's not a good trend for our major leaguers, Big Dog. Yeah, and it shouldn't so too. I'm sure there's some Korean kid over here that has uh, yep. uh, that, that's looking for a job. You could pay somebody like two grand a month to drive mm-hmm. your butt around. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just do that? Yeah. And if you're making millions of dollars playing the game of baseball, mm-hmm. don't you should know better. Seriously, Cub reliever John Grabo might be available for that duty in a couple weeks. Uh, he's known in our house as Grab Ass Coach. <laughs> Oh, goodness. We're not going to have time for the whole round up wrap up big dog, but uh, you got the Giants over the Mets, 2 nothing. Tim Lincecum did his thing again yesterday. Yes, he did. Tim Lincecum was, mm-hmm. uh, you yeah. know, he's not been dominant this year, but then you look at his stats and you're like, yeah. wow, he's pretty freaking good. You know, so, uh, yeah, that, he was good last night. How about the Reds? Uh, Houston, Houston, by the way, underrated. Don't write them off yet. They're not as bad as one uh, might think. They're winning 2 nothing heading into the ninth inning. The Reds. The Red Stockings, rather, put three runs up in the ninth inning. What a comeback for them. Off of Brandon Lyon, and it, yep. that's the only problem. is Houston's going to have to play a lot of close games this year, and if you're dependent on Brandon Lyon to close them out, mm-hmm. you're in trouble. Houston, I agree, Coach, isn't a, a, like, a brutal, abysmal team. No, they're not bad. But they're going to finish in last place. They might. They're going to finish in last place, Coach. Yeah. But I'm sure our yeah, Houston listeners. Just like John Danks, they're going to be the best last place team in baseball. <laughs> Sure, that thrills all of our listeners yeah. in the Houston area. Yes, it does. All right. Big Dog, have a happy Cinco de Mayo. Please tell our listeners to drink responsibly. Oh, tell our listeners to drink responsibly. Smart ass. All right, have a good day. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Big Dog. Later, guys. There it is. David Olsted, our producer, thank you so much. Two guys at MikeTalkZone.com signing off. We'll do it again 10 o'clock tomorrow. Don't be late. Have a great day, everybody. <laughs>